Well, today to begin the program, I've got a few news stories I want to share that may even put a smile on your face and and a bunch of updates as we are still here in extreme southwest Virginia. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. So glad that so many of you do listen to this program each and every week. We started this week, Monday and Tuesday, talking about looking for the signs that God wants you to see. There's a lot happening in this world. And we are told to be discerning, to be looking, to be looking for the signs of the seasons of our Lord's return. And so much of what is happening are the things that always have been happening in the world. There's greed. There's this global desire to own everything and and take everything. The enemy of our soul. The playbook has never changed. The goal has never changed. I believe we're getting close to that time. I believe the time of separating the sheep from the goats is coming soon. And that's why we do this radio program Monday through Friday and a weekend edition. Now, I want to share some news stories, and, uh, and but before I do, I got just a couple of quick updates. This is a very strange and busy week for myself, my wife, and this ministry and the future, really. We've been up here in Virginia. We're actually at our at our daughter and son-in-law's house longer than we anticipated. We originally thought we would come up here, oh, I think it was like in, in June, and be home by now and closing out our, our home sale. The first home sale fell through. And we got kicked back to square one. And then we've had another offer on the home in Georgia. And they have through today and I don't know tomorrow where things actually stand. I may not know really fully tomorrow, but you'll know by Friday, I hope, of where things stand. We believe we have found an ideal home for us up here in Virginia. It's small, but it's very close to the daughter and son-in-law, which may be a wise thing as we're getting older. Oh, we can find some homes that are a little less expensive farther away, but an hour, hour and a half drive Maybe that's not a good idea. And there's also a church building in the mix that I hope to find out more about tomorrow as well. And I'll let you know about that on Friday when I know. For sure, there's a vacant church building. And I would just hate to see that vacant church building stay idle when it could be used for God's kingdom. Maybe there's one more church plant left in me. I've done several. And, and it's not easy work, but this is a, I, I just believe it. I mentioned it yesterday. We're going to have this window of opportunity. And for this radio ministry, I need to train others to help me with this ministry for a church plant and for also how to do home churches when it all falls apart again. There's a lot to be preparing for. We're coming into a, a time, and I mentioned it yesterday, there's going to be food shortages, inflation, Unrest. The civil unrest is not accidental. It is by design by elitist. It's not some little shadowy organization. It's the globalists that are 
pushing this. And we have here in the United States and in Canada with, with Justin Trudeau, willing accomplices in crime to make it happen all over the world. Supposedly, former democracies are being destroyed. They've abandoned the gospel of Jesus Christ. They've walked away to a secular worldview. And there's sheep being led for the slaughter. But you know, in the midst of all this, I really believe God is going to pull back the veil and reveal the truth to many. Those that have bought the lie, those that refuse to find the truth will be given mass delusion to continue to believe the lie to their own damnation. That's what it says in 2 Thessalonians. But every once in a while, you find a news story that, that does give you a bit of a smile on your face, and it just shows the absurdity that we've gone to. We, we have all the month of June was Pride Month, you know, we, LGBTQ and transgenderism and on and on and on and on it goes. And people and their pathetic personal pronoun nonsense. There's a bank in Canada, um, Halifax Bank. And they demanded their employees' name tags now say, show their preferred pronouns. Like him and he and his. Those are his pronouns. Or you can even have non-gender or non-binary, whatever that is, pronouns. And the bank forced their employees to do this. Well, a lot of customers thought it was ridiculous. And one customer actually had a half a million dollars in the bank, took it out, Thousands of customers started going to the bank and closing their accounts. Go woke, go broke. That's what I say. And those that pander to this tiny minority and bend down and worship at the altar of sin and celebrate it with a rainbow logo, I find it very, well, disgusting. But I saw this one article, you know, with all this transgenderism and gender is fluid nonsense. A gay couple accidentally reaffirmed the reality of biological sex by suing a fertility clinic for giving them a girl instead of a boy. This couple in good old California unwittingly has reaffirmed the gender argument is real and that there is real gender when they decided to sue a fertility clinic for giving them a daughter instead of the son that they uttered. Remember, they can't have their own kids. So last Friday, Albert and Anthony uh, Sanger of Pasadena, California, filed a lawsuit with a fertility clinic specialist because they didn't get what they wanted. It gets more and more bizarre as I look over the world today. Gender fluidity. That you can decide what gender you're going to be by just by just saying it. To have these mentally ill or demonically possessed, I'm not sure which it is anymore. Teachers and counselors trying to tell your granddaughter or grandson or son or daughter that really you're not a boy, you're a girl, or you're not a girl, you're a boy, and we're going to help you make the transition, and we're not going to tell your parents. This kind of stuff is happening. It is the bizarre, evil, and sin-sick world in which we live. And it's highly unfortunate. But it's nice to see 
a story like that. And it makes them makes you realize that, you know, how bizarre this idea is that a child can choose their gender at age six or seven or eight. Haven't even gone for puberty. And how many despicable doctors will inject hormone blockers into young children, ruining them and then surgically mutilating them? And we're told this is all normal. And monkeypox must be vaccinated against in the general population, even though it is a problem only for the male homosexual community and the tiny number of female, um, what's the term, bisexual individuals that they, well, they have sex with. All of it is just evil. All of it is sinful. All All of it is prideful. If you noticed over the decades how it went from just just tolerate us to accept us, now you must embrace us, and now we are superior to you. Fall down and worship the gay couple. Give them a whole month of pride. Like I said, we live in a very strange time, and we spent a lot of time this week talking about it. We'll be doing even more so on the program tomorrow, but for today, because of doctor's appointments and trying to get things and find out what's happening with our potential home sale. I'll tell you about that in a couple of minutes. We're praying that God will get us through this process of where he would have us to be. And your prayers are just so needed at this time, and I thank you in advance. Now, for today's program, my guest host, Jim Calhoun, has some thoughts to share in a number of topics in this world in which we inhabit and as he sees it. And so I welcome once again to the program, my guest host for the day, Jim Calhoun. Thanks, Bob. And as usual, it's great to be back on Truth to Ponder. And today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the world and the condition that it's in right now. Before I do that, though, I do want to thank everyone for your support. And thank you for your continued prayers for Bob Behrman and his health and this ministry. I really do appreciate you taking the time to think about Truth to Ponder and think about Bob Beerman and supporting him and his ministry. That's very much appreciated. Now, most of the time when I do a show, I like to point out some problems, and then I offer some possible solutions. Now, sometimes my solutions are, let's say I stretch it a little bit, because it's so complex, there is no easy answer. But things have got to be put into play to where something is at least tried. This sitting back with a bowl of popcorn and watching the world disintegrate around us isn't working very well for us. And so any action at all is better than no action. As a matter of fact, growing up, I watched my dad, due to indecision, lose business deal after business deal. And he ended up losing a lot of money and got into very bad financial trouble because he could not make a decision. Now, if he would have just made a decision on things as they came, let's say he chose wrong 50% of the time. Well, at least he would have been choosing right 50% of the time. But he got to the point where he could not make a decision. And when you can't make a decision on anything, then it makes you totally inept and totally incapable of handling your affairs. And that's what's happening right now 
as most of the world has their bowl of popcorn and they're watching the world disintegrate around them, they don't know what to do. And I get that because I don't know what to do either. But I know that we have to do something. And just the law of averages say that we would get it right once in a while. And so this show, I may come up with a few suggestions, but that's really not my intent on this show. And this show, I'm going to try to wake some more people up. Now, I know I've said in the past that it's time to quit trying to wake people up, because if they're not awake by now, they probably won't wake up. But the situation in the world is changing so fast and so drastically that I think there may be some more eyes that want to see and ears that want to hear. And so what I want to do is lay out the world as I kind of see it right now. But before I get into this topic, I do want to say this. Nobody really knows what's going on. The top secret things that are going on behind the scenes, the private deals that are being struck, the back rooms that are full of shadowy people that are making plans and signing treaties that we know nothing about, all the money that's changing hands and all the meetings that are taking place between people that you would never believe would even speak to each other, let alone meet with each other and work out business deals. And this is not only the government, this is everything from the mess that college football is in with the conferences imploding, all but the two big ones, all the way through the corporate world and the government world. It seems like right now we have an awful lot of people that are trying to cover their backside and lots of people that are hedging their bets. And they say politics makes strange bedfellows. Well, I agree with that. And I also think that the strange bedfellows are all the way through society right now. And so just because I see something the way I see it doesn't mean that's really the way it is. Because honestly, does anyone really know what's going on? Do we really know? I'm going to admit that I don't, but I'm going to tell you what I think I see and what I think it means. And if you agree with me, fine. If you don't agree with me, well, maybe you can come up with a much better idea, which is great, because I'm here to try to stimulate you. And like I say, I want to wake some people up. Well, I want to start with Rome, ancient Rome. Ancient Rome fell from within. And it's obvious to me that history is repeating itself. Now, as I am making this program, I get word that the Prime Minister of the UK, Boris Johnson, is on the verge of resigning, which I think would be a great news because I think he's an inept puppet, just like Joe Biden. I don't have any use for the man. And to be honest with you, most people in Great Britain don't either, not the ones that I've talked to. But that's a whole other story. But the reason that the UK's government is failing is the same reason that the government recently failed, I believe, in Bulgaria. And it's a reason that a lot of governments around the world are really walking softly because they know they're on thin ice. Now, what does that have to do with ancient Rome? Well, it has this to do with it. Rome fell from within, and Europe right now is failing from within. And the only difference between Rome and the modern days 
is that I don't think Rome wanted to fall. But I think right now, this is just my opinion, that there are powers that be that want this great reset so bad, they want to get rid of all national sovereignty and borders and cultures, and so they want it to collapse. And they have just enough power, or they've got complete power, I'm not sure, but I know they have power, and they're going to do their best to collapse things from within. I'm going to give you a good example. When Russia invaded Ukraine, which is a whole other story, some people agree with it, some people don't, and I'm not going to touch that one today, but I am going to tell you this, all of the sanctions that were put onto Russia to punish Russia actually were put on to destroy Europe. Now, anybody that knows anything about Russia at all and their history is that Russia has always been a very self-reliant country. They haven't really bought into the Coca-Cola and McDonald's of the West. I know they have it in their country, or had it, until the sanctions. But for some reason, the West is like a very ugly person that looks in the mirror and tells themselves that they're very beautiful, and tells themselves they're a very pretty person, and that everyone in the world would love to look at them. And right now, the West is telling themselves that everyone loves the corporations of the United States and Germany and France and Great Britain and all the other Western nations, and that everyone is envious of the West and the culture of the West. And so they naturally assume that if they tell Russia no more McDonald's, that Russia will say, oh no, we want McDonald's, we'll do anything. Nothing could be further from the truth. As a matter of fact, when Coca-Cola and McDonald's and all these other businesses pulled out of Russia, I would imagine that the people that are really into Russian culture were absolutely thrilled at the fact that what they saw was Western decadence was leaving their country. And so instead of a bunch of people whining and complaining that they can't get a McDonald's hamburger in Russia, what happened is, is McDonald's closed those locations down, and Russia simply renamed them and reopened them. Didn't hurt them a bit. Russia has always been very self-reliant, and Russia has always known who they are as a people. Now, when you want to look at it, all the migrant Christ, you want to call them migrants, the invasion is my opinion, of Europe by all these migrants from the third world is happening all over Europe, except in Russia. Russia won't stand for it. And so you don't have the hordes marching across the border into Russia. And that's, and in my opinion, another reason why the tensions are so great between Russia and all of the NATO countries is that the NATO countries have all been infiltrated by a whole bunch of people from the third world and their population has been really changed. Their demographics have really changed. And Russia is standing up to that. And I really do think that Russia is fighting for their culture. But it's another whole story. Like I say, I really didn't want to get into that part of it. But going back to the self-destruction, they told Russia that they weren't going to buy their oil or natural gas. And Russia simply is selling it to China. They're selling it to other places. And if you don't know this, 
There is a group called BRICS, stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And this BRICS organization is trying to come up with a whole new currency to replace the dollar. Now, you might say, well, that's just a handful of countries. Russia, as far as the geography of Russia, is the largest country in the world. China and India have more population than anyone in the world. And you look at South Africa, has traditionally been one of the richest countries in Africa. And then you look at Brazil, and that is the largest country in South America. So we have some of the largest economies in their continents and the largest countries as far as area is concerned and also population are getting together and they are thumbing their nose at the United States dollar. I want you to keep that fact tucked away because if I can, I'll get back to it. But I think you'll understand, even if I don't get back to it, why that's very important. And so Vladimir Putin comes out and says, well, if you're going to sanction us, we're no longer going to sell anything to what they call unfriendly countries. People don't realize that we get a lot of raw materials from Russia. A lot of the manufacturing gets a lot of rare earth type minerals and gases and substances from Russia. And of course, most everyone knows that Russia, as well as Ukraine, are two of the largest barley and wheat exporters in the world, and they feed the world. Their breadbasket feeds a large part of the world. You couple that with the failed crops in Kansas in wheat country, and you can easily see a food disaster just around the corner. But getting back to imploding and failing from within, all of these sanctions they put on Russia were done very prematurely, and they were done very immaturely, and no one thought it through. You see, Russia really doesn't need to sell their products to Europe, or the United States, or Canada, or Australia, or all the other countries that have been boycotting Russia and sanctioning Russia. Russia doesn't need them. Russia is selling to India, China, South America, Brazil, the countries in BRICS, countries that have large populations, large standing armies, and a lot of money. And then you have other countries that are what I would consider failed countries like Venezuela because of the policies of their communist government, but they're still a government. And you have the what I would consider rogue countries like Cuba and Venezuela well, they're on board with this. And then you can throw in Syria and Iran. But then you start to see a picture here. In World War I, it was basically everybody in the world against Austria-Hungary and Germany. And in World War II, it was basically everyone in the world against Germany, Italy, and Japan. Now, I know there were other smaller countries involved that supported that group called the Axis Powers. I know there were more countries than that, but basically that's what it boils down to. But any future conflict that it seems like that they're steering us towards, it will be the most populated part of the world and the largest countries in the world 
against us. You might say, well, we won World War II. We can beat them. With what? What do we make over here? What kind of raw materials have the Biden administration made illegal for us to mine? And all the pipelines that were shut down. And again, that's part of collapsing from within. I'll get to Biden in the United States in just a few minutes. But getting back to Europe, Europe now has all of their natural gas either shut off or going to be shut off within a few days. And while their tanks seem to be fairly full of their reserves of natural gas, some estimates say that they can stretch it for two months. Other estimates say more like 40 days or 45 days. But that's if they ration it. And we get an awful lot of things from Europe. We may not realize it, but we get a lot of raw materials from Europe. And Europe's economy is going to crash. And that's what I think the real reason why Boris Johnson is out is because of all these stupid sanctions that they put on. But the sanctions were really not put on to hurt Russia. These people weren't that stupid, I would hope. But what it is, is it's come back to bite them. And Russia weathered the storm and their economy. It might have wobbled a little bit, but now it's back on a firm footing. But now it's the countries that put the sanctions on. They're in bad trouble. And they're going to have to save face. And I read a report that the European Union is considering calling petroleum-based, or what they call fossil fuels, as green energy to free up that source for their economy. And so we've been told for all these years that petroleum-based products are the enemy. Well, now the European Union, in desperation, is almost ready to declare petroleum energy as clean energy. Now, it either is or it isn't. I don't want to get into that. But the fact of the matter is, is that Europe is in trouble, bad trouble, and they brought it on themselves. Now I'm going to touch on the United States. Illegitimate Joe Biden has opened up our strategic reserves. And then he told the oil companies to lower their prices. Boy, that's going to really work, isn't it? Have some senile old curmudgeon tell you to lower your prices. No one listens to him anyway. You don't think they're going to listen to that, and they didn't. But what did the oil companies do when they got the oil from the strategic reserves? Well, guess what? They sold it. They sold it to India, China, and Europe. A whole bunch of it went to Italy. And on a daily basis, we're selling oil to China. And now the oil reserves that we hold in reserve now are at historically low levels. Now, if you don't think that isn't planned obsolescence or planned collapse from within, I don't know what that is. Stolen elections do have consequences as far as we the people and the Republic of the United States of America let a very bad thing happen, a very illegal coup, a stolen election. And the people that did that only wanted control, and so they could put in, in my opinion, different mechanisms to collapse us from within. You do realize that almost a third of our military resources have been sent to Europe. 
you do realize that all the gasoline, all the natural gas and oil shortages in Europe are going to make their armies absolutely immobile. And I know it's summer right now, but winter is around the corner. And what's going to happen if there's a war in a country that has no way to heat their homes, that has no way to put fuel in their vehicles, whether they be personal vehicles or military or business? Then you have the baby food formula shortage, which didn't have to happen. And the Keystone Pipeline was shut down, which didn't have to happen. You couple that with all these attacks that are taking place against our food industry, as far as our packing plants and our warehouses, and even some farms. And right now in the Netherlands, now you add all of this up, and to me, it looks like it's planned, that they want people to starve, they want people to die, they want people to submit and obey. And just like Rome, the West is going to fall, but it's falling from within. Of course, we have enemies out there, but let's look at Russia as an enemy, just for a second here. What has Russia done to us? Well, Hillary Clinton said that they hacked her emails. Hillary Clinton said that they helped Donald Trump win an election. But it's been proven that all of that is false. It's been proven that Hillary Clinton paid for a dossier to smear Donald Trump. It's been proven that the Russian government really hasn't done that much to warrant anything like the horrible sanctions or going to war. And few people realize that when we put sanctions on Russia because of this dossier, that even after the dossier was proven beyond a shadow of a doubt to be fake, it's my understanding that those sanctions never were taken away. And so Russia is being punished for something that they didn't do. And again, I think that's planned. I think that is to anger Russia. And I think it's to stir things up, to try to muddy the waters, to try to make it to where people want to go at each other as far as in a war or whether it be a kinetic war or a trade war. I think that we, the people of the world, have been set up for a fall. And all of these sanctions and all these things that we put on Russia have backfired. But I don't think we have any politician anywhere in the world that's willing to say these two words. I'm sorry. I don't think we have one politician that is willing to eat crow and to admit that they were wrong and that their sanctions are hurting their own people. Instead, they're doubling down. And I call that doubling down on stupid. And that's the way I see it. And I'll be right back after the break and pick up where I left off. And once again, thank you so much, Jim, for for stepping in and producing much of today's radio program. Today is a busy day. And by the way, Jim will be back on the other side. Today, this Wednesday, is a very busy day, and that's why I asked Jim to do the program. I've been talking this week about how important this week is for my wife and myself, this program, other ministry opportunities, and, and where we feel God is calling us. And it's been, as you can imagine, an unsettling time. When you're making big changes, it is not often as easy as you'd like it to be. 
Now, just some updates. Number one, you know, uh, my health seems to be doing so much better, and I'm thanking all of you that prayed for me to see the results and to see how rapidly they happen. I've been fighting a problem, and I told you the other day, if you're a new listener, I was having blood in the urine, and I'm not talking about trace. I'm talking about this was scary. This was literally like cranberry juice or or darker and blood clots trying to force their way out painfully. And this had been getting worse and worse and going on for weeks. We had been to the uh, clinic one time, the emergency room twice, and and all they could do was say, you got to get a specialist. Well, we started trying to call to get a specialist. We're up here in Virginia. And some said, we can see you in October. Well, this is a serious problem. I mean, these... There was a CAT scan done at the at the ER, and it's you know it may or may not be it may or may not have been we don't know like bladder cancer which could be relatively serious. When you don't know, you don't know. Our healthcare system in the United States used to be wonderful. Government found a way to make it miserable and costly, and and I feel sorry for anybody else having to deal with our broken system. Even even this young ER doctor made that statement to me. I apologize for how bad the system is. It wasn't his idea. And so today I've got that appointment. I'll try to let you know more maybe tomorrow when they get the results back and, and definitely by Friday. Waiting to find out about the home in, in Georgia. Did it sell? Is it going to be any issues? Is it falling apart? Are we not going to get what we asked? Do we have a possibility of a home here? And everything is just hinging on other people, things I can't control. These are things that I can put in God's hands, and and I hope that you'll be praying with me that God's will be done. The desire of our hearts is to be in this area near the children, and still be able to do this program and the other ministry work that God has laid in my heart. So I thank you for your prayers. If you believe in our work and can help with the on-air cost, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North number 3248 that's number 3248 and the city is Crestview one word Crestview Florida and the zip code in Crestview Florida is 32536 that's 32536 at the website truth the number 2 ponder.com that's truth the number 2 ponder.com you can find other ways you can support this ministry as well and Jim Calhoun We'll see you on the other side of this break. Thanks for listening. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The true virtual reality coming up. Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Yeshua. This is Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Well, you've heard of virtual reality. You know, they have these, they have these goggles and gloves you put on so you can become completely enmeshed in virtual reality. 
Well, imagine you had these goggles and gloves on since you were born, and all you knew was the virtual reality. Now, you heard about another reality. They told you there's a real world out there, but you never saw it. You only saw the virtual world, so the real world would seem less real. You couldn't see it. It would seem ethereal. It would seem like something you have to have faith to see. And yet, one day, if you could take off those glasses, then it's all around you. It's more solid than anything else you ever knew. That's the point. The fact is, virtual reality is the world we're living in right now. It's a virtual reality compared to the real. It's not the absolute reality. It's a copy. It's based on the real. It's a shadow. The real reality is the spiritual reality. That's more real. That's the ultimate thing. You know, we often think that the spiritual is less real because we don't see it. But no, it's it's reality. It's the thing. It's it's because we're so caught up in the virtual. So it's written, we walk by faith, not by sight. Because the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. So all the problems you're dealing with, they're only virtual problems. The the glories of this world, virtual glories. The terrors of this world, t- virtual terrors. The riches of this world, virtual riches, not real. So stop getting so wrapped up in virtual reality. The only thing that matters is what's forever. Live in the real world. Live in the spiritual. Then you'll really live. Want more? Ask for the other realm. Now, the free gift for you, the mystery hidden for 2,000 years in the sands of Israel. It's the awesome mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And sapphires, your daily spiritual vitamin supply for Victoria's life in God. So how do you get this all free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed. But call now. It's 1-800-YESHUA-1. And I invite you to minister with me in bringing the good news back to the people who gave it to you. Israel and the unreached peoples of every tribe and tongue on five continents. It's amazing. It's like sending billion tracks around the world. You can do it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll spread the word. It's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Or write me direct. The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111. It's in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a Nice Jewish Boy. It's Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, live in the real world, my friend. Put the virtual aside. Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you and Messiah. Ravinu, our teacher. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. Welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder. This is Jim Calhoun, your guest host today, filling in for Bob Bierman. And Bob will be back tomorrow with another great edition of Truth to Ponder. I'd like to take this time to thank Bob Bierman for allowing me to speak to his audience. I really do appreciate it. And it seems like that, it seems to me that the more I study, the more things get muddy. That just might be me, I'm not sure. But I do know this, that the waters have been muddied so much and tracks have been covered very well. It seems like people are starting to get a lot more frustration. You look at the Georgia Guidestones that got blown up, and actually I don't agree with vandalism whatsoever, but what the Georgia Guidestones stood for, I stand against. Now am I saying I'm glad that someone blew it up? No. Am I saying I'm glad it's gone? Yes. You can make of that what you want to. I know that mankind has been told by Almighty God one thing, and mankind has been told by our quote-unquote elites and rulers and government officials 
a whole other thing. We either are or we're not. We're either this or we're that. We can't be both. And so as I look at this world's mess, and I see what the politicians have done, and I see what the globalists have done, and I see what the corrupt people that are in all through the governments and also the corporations, all of the people that have delusions of grandeur, the people that really don't care anything about you or me, the ones that just care about serving their master, Satan, and or putting money in their pockets at our expense. We have people that are planning for the demise of the Western culture. Now, that's just my opinion, but I really have strong feelings about that. But when you look at Western culture, what is Western culture anymore? Truly, what is it? It depends on how old you are, but I'm a student of history, and so I can go way back as far as knowledge of how things used to be. And with this onset of this transgender movement and all of these other things that, frankly, are complete nonsense, that are put at the forefront, and this whole woke thing that makes no sense, you realize that an average television show out of 1975 would not be able to be played on network television because the woke mob would make sure that it got canceled. Most of the products, most of the commercials, wouldn't sell today because of the woke mob. What I'm trying to say is is our society has changed. So what is Western culture? Western culture used to be education, used to be belief in God, belief in freedom, used to be rugged individualism. It used to be a lot of things that were good. It also encompassed capitalism, and with capitalism, you could say greed. But I'm going to tell you this, capitalism does not corner the market on greed. There's greedy people in every society, in every form of government. But as you really look at this through a microscope, you have to understand that Western culture has already ceased to exist. You might say, well, no, it's just evolved. If there's a word that ends with volved, involved here, then it's devolved. Because right now our young kids don't know if they're male or female. We have a whole society that can tell you all about the Kardashians, and they can tell you all about the latest fad or the latest tattoo or the latest hairstyle or what rap artist did what. But all of that's superficial. Now, I think that our culture, as a Western culture, was very special. And I still try to live in that culture. But the more that I try to live in the culture that I was brought up in, the more I know that I'm alone. And I'm most alone when I'm in a big crowd of people that are part of this new generation that are all woke. If I go to a sporting event or some sort of a festival, and I'm around a whole group of people, you might say, well, I feel like I'm a part of the group. Well, I really don't. I used to, but I look around me, and I see nothing in common with anyone that I can see. Now, that might be my problem. That might be me, and I'm willing to admit that. But I like to hold to my principles. I like to hold to 
what I was taught. I would like to think that I was taught mostly correct. I want to stand in my convictions. I want to stand for something. I want to be productive. I want to be helpful. I want to be respectful. And when I'm in a crowd of people, even if it's a huge crowd, like I say, I feel like I'm all alone. And I don't know if anyone else out there feels that way. But believe me, it's not a good feeling. And so I find myself out here on the ranch with the cows and my old machines and my my pets, my dogs, and I have a few barn cats. And I find myself more at home being in my own little world as far as enjoying life the way I think it should be lived than if I would go in and try to be part of society. And so people think that I'm probably a hermit, which I'm not. And people might think that I'm a loner, which maybe I am to a certain extent. But you have to understand that I've had a whole career as an entertainer. So I've spent years out of my life being on stage and being part of events. And I used to love every event that I would go to, whether I was performing there or just going there as a spectator. But now my desire to go out and be a part of the people that have taken the place of what I call our sane and rational generations that have passed away, I look at it this way. Growing up, I knew an awful lot of people that were born in the 19th century. And I remember their faces. I remember their names. I remember where they lived. As a kid, I would go visit my grandma. And she lived in a nice old neighborhood where everyone had had their house there for 40 or 50 years. Everyone knew each other. And I grew up very respectful, and I would address them by Mr. and Mrs., and that's how I knew them, had Mrs. Johnson and Mrs. Dress, and so forth. All of these people were very nice. They were safe. They were sane. They were rational. And every once in a while, I'll drive through that old neighborhood. Now, most of these people have passed away 30 or so years ago. And the ladies that had the beautiful flower gardens, and maybe they had a patch of rhubarb and had some lilacs, and they had a nice little yard, maybe a nice little white fence around their yard. I drive past now, and the yards are gone. And sitting in the yard is either a pickup or a car or a boat. And all the flowers are gone. All the rhubarb is gone. The lilac bushes have been torn out. And all of the people that are living in these houses, of course, now they're older houses. They're not nearly as desirable. But all of the people that I've seen that are in these houses now, they're not caring for the house whatsoever. And the neighborhoods are really going downhill. And also, as you drive through, you can hear loud music and all sorts of commotion. People in and out at all hours of the day and night. And you don't have a clue what they're doing in some of these houses. And you drive by some of these houses, and there might be five or six young men that look like they've never had a job or ever will have a job hanging around the front door. Then I think of the nice old couple that used to live there and their beautiful yard, and their beautiful garden, and their beautiful shade trees that are all gone. The house is standing, but you can't hardly recognize it. And that's how I look at society. 
That's still the same neighborhood, still the same town. But the people have changed. I know that times change. I know that people change. But the drastic amount of change is what really floors me. In previous generations, even the bad kids at least knew how to fake being generous or fake being respectful. At least they knew what it took to convince someone that they were a good person. Even if they weren't, they at least knew what that meant. But we now seem to be populated by a whole group of people that really don't know anything about the golden rule. They don't know anything about living life as far as life being a long-term arrangement. It seems like a large part of our population is more concerned about legalizing drugs than they are getting a good job for themselves. And I'm one of the few out there that I've never taken drugs. Now, I have taken pain meds for my accident, and so I've been on very heavy-duty narcotics. But they were prescribed, and I never abused them, and I never got addicted to them. I've never even so much as touched marijuana or anything else. I just don't. As a matter of fact, I even hate to take an aspirin because I've seen so many lives ruined by drugs. In high school, I found out later, after we graduated, I was the only one that was not a drug user. Everyone else at least occasionally used drugs. And also in high school, I wasn't the most popular person. I wasn't invited to the parties. And at the time, I thought it was because no one liked me. And I found out later, the reason I wasn't invited to the parties is that they knew that I was against drug use and what they were going to do. And so they just decided not to invite me, which I'm glad they didn't, because I probably would have ended up going to some of these events just to try to fit in in high school, because that's how high school kids are. So I think my generation has definitely been corrupted. And I think that some of the baby boom generation is definitely corrupted, and the Gen Xers and the, and the generations that have come after them. But I think it's progressively been steering us away from what I would consider Western culture. And so I see our culture is dying from within. But peer pressure is absolutely a monster right now. Then you have the schools being punitive against any child that comes in with, I would say, solid Christian beliefs. If you go to a secular school and you want to share your beliefs because someone simply asks, and so you're going to answer their question. Well, that's frowned upon. But if you want to bring a drag queen to the school and have this drag queen have children on his lap, then I guess that's okay. You see, this drag queen story time thing would not have even fit even five years ago. But now it's a fad. And I really want people to open their eyes and see just how fast we're deteriorating. As a matter of fact, we're crumbling. We're crumbling like concrete walls in an earthquake. And so I really don't know what we can do about it as a society. I really don't. And like I said at the first of the show, I really didn't think I was going to have any solutions. I don't think there's any power on earth that's going to right the wrongs of the society the way it is today. 
I do know that Almighty God, in His kingdom, in His Son, Jesus Christ, that's the only avenue we have. And not only that, it's the best avenue we've ever had. But we have to look at things the way they are. And the Bible says we are to be in the world, but not of the world. And I stated in earlier shows that it took me a long time to figure out what that really meant. But now I go back to myself in a crowd, and I feel real lonely. Well, I tell myself that I'm actually not of the world. And that's one reason I feel lonely with these people that are of the world, because I don't fit. And to that, I have to say, thank God I don't fit. And so I have to come to grips with living in this world and not being of the world. And I think that that's our only option as Christians, is we have to embrace those scriptures. We need to understand what they mean. And we're not supposed to be of the world. We're not supposed to be. We're not supposed to agree with the world. We're supposed to agree with our Creator. And so everything has to be done on a personal basis. And like I say, I kind of hang to myself, and I take care of my animals, and I do what I do, and I get by day by day. Some days are better than others, and that's just life. That's the way things are. But I do have to say this. If I did not have God in my life, if Jesus was not my personal Lord and Savior, I think right now I would be completely and utterly lost and completely and utterly clueless. And so any listeners out there, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you don't have a relationship, you need to build one. And the theme song to my show, the Living Off-Grid Power and Information show, is a song called Step Out on the Sea. And it's done by a friend that has passed away, Britt Small. And he was an excellent singer. And he puts a lot of passion into that song. And it's all about having the faith to step out on the sea and simply walk. And so I really think that as Christians, we need to step out on the sea right now. Because the world is crumbling all around us. And I think it's pre-planned. And I do believe that there's going to be an awful lot of suffering very, very soon. We can either choose to watch this happen, or we can be proactive. And what I mean by proactive is we can do something about our own lives. We can take care of our own backyard, so to speak. And I know I have some things in my backyard I have to clean out. But I think that's part of being a human on this planet. Nobody on this planet is perfect. So we have to look at what is perfect, Almighty God. We have to look at the kingdom of God and his plan. And that's the only way that we as Christians are going to be able to survive this. Because if you think the drag queen story time is bad and you think the pedophilia and all this that's going on is bad now, it seems like that in five years we're going to think that's tame. Satan has really turned up the heat, folks. We're like the frog in the water that sits there and boils to death because the water warms up very, very slowly. Then all of a sudden it's boiling, and by that time it's too late. We can't get out. Well, I'm not saying we're in the tribulation, but I'm saying that for our society, the water is starting to bubble. 
And so if you're of the world, get out of the world. If you live in the cities, do your best to get out of the cities. Do what the Bible says. Do your best to prepare for what's coming. Because I am thoroughly convinced that it's going to hit us and hit us very hard. And so what I tell my listeners on my show is to find people that you can trust, like-minded people, and get what I call a buddy system going. As Christians, we need to have each other's backs. And one of the best ways we can do that is through prayer. Well, I hope someone got something from this show today. I know it's been kind of gloom and doom. But as I study things on a daily basis, it seems like that I get a steady diet of that. But then I walk out and see the beautiful creation that God has gave us. I see this wonderful world and the order that he put in this world. And I see that it's mankind that's all messed it up. It's not God. And so I want to go with my creator. I want to be on his side. I pray that I'm part of the remnant because I want to be part of that group. I want to be part of that group that is not going to end up like all the folks in Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know what's going to happen, folks. I really don't. But the only place that we're going to be safe and good things are going to happen is in the arms of Almighty God. And that's where we need to put our emphasis. Because there's nothing that you can do or I can do to change what's going to happen. I think the die has been cast. And so all we can do is do what we do. And I've decided, me for one, I'm going to go with God. I hope that someone got something from this show today. And I really do appreciate you listening. Now, if you appreciate Truth to Ponder and would like to donate, that would be absolutely wonderful. Your donations are very much appreciated. And you can send a money order or check, and you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and you would mail to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, 3248, in Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. And your donations are greatly appreciated. Again, I'd like to thank Bob Behrman for having me guest host today. And so until next time, everyone, stay safe, stay vigilant, but most of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.